It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. Joining me now, Representative Lisa McLean from Michigan's 10th District. Uh, we have a bill that will be introduced on uh, voter confidence in our election systems. Questions about that. Committee assignments. Uh, she'll be on armed services, education, and labor. Uh, Representative McLean, uh, certainly from one of the hotly contested states uh, in the recent elections in Michigan. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, David. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing all right. Uh, I see already uh, social media reaction to your appearance on this show from the cancel culture out there, especially on Twitter. Uh, but thanks for coming on the seditionist radio show, as as I say, for those of them that were there uh that we're in on it or against it or want to cancel you. But here we actually do practice the principles of free speech. So let's talk about this, this bill. And I, I, I carry a, a, D, a, a fair amount of skepticism when it comes to Congress and, quote, you know, how they would help as a body increase voter confidence in the election systems. Well, look, we, we have to do something. Um, the constituents, especially in my district, are screaming from the rooftops on voter confidence, voter integrity. And that's why, that's why I dropped a bill um, talking about in vo- voter integrity and election, excuse me, election integrity. This is not about overturning an election. This is about voter confidence. This is about our democracy. And I'm going to use what happened. um, You know, we we all watched the Super Bowl or a lot of us watched the Super Bowl last night. I'm sure at the end of the Super Bowl, like every other uh, sporting event, we sit down and we watch game films. And we think and we we review what did, what went well, but what can we improve upon? If that works so well for a sporting event, doesn't that make make a lot of sense to do for one of the most important um, jobs in this country, which is the election process and the president of the United States? Um, not only for that, but for our elections in 2022 and our gubernatorial elections, um, it's a it's a bipartisan committee. Um, comprised of 18 people um, to review what went well and what we what can we improve upon. And I how think many David, Democrats are in this bipartisan effort of the 18? Is it a nine and nine, ten? And nine. It's nine and nine. It's right. it's 100 percent bipartisan. And if we don't, if we as an America don't believe that we can do better with our election process, I think we're we're grave. It's it's very concerning. All right, so let's, let's talk about this. We, we, we have, and by the way, uh, Senator Tim Scott introduced it in the Senate. Our elections are carried out at the state level. The responsibility assigned under the United States Constitution belongs with the state legislators. We'll put aside the violations of that in states like Michigan, uh, Pennsylvania, and others for a moment. Uh, that's another discussion or another aspect of the discussion. To put together a commission in Washington, bipartisan, bicameral, to work on this, what comes from that that can actually be put in play? To use the, the football 
or carry the football analogy further, and as a former player, uh, before you got to the game, you did a lot more work with the playbook. And the after the game was okay in part, but it was what you did before the game that won you that game. So this is a state level issue. What does the fed, what does this commission come up with, and how? Because the how matters. Would that be put in play? So it is a state matter, and I want to make sure that we, that I am clear that it is a state matter. But I think there is a lot we can do to help review what what went well and what didn't go well so for example some things we may come up with and i don't know this is why we're putting the commission together is maybe we we institute that it makes sense to do voter id that that seems i mean we we go in but we already have that recommendation and i understand look fair point i get what you're getting at here but voter id which i have been pushing for and working on for a couple of decades plus now, and I'm going to go back to the mid-90s actually on this, uh, is, again, something that needs to be enacted at the state level. So what is a federal commission, a group, a recommendation for something like voter ID, which is already a battle at the state level? So, one, not every state has voter ID, and I think that's something that we could look at at the federal level and make recommendations to the state. I also think we need to take a look at our voter integrity and our, our voting process nationally. Look, at we just sat Claudia Tenney uh, last week, almost three months after, after the election. We have to be able to do better as a nation. And I think working together with my colleagues across the aisle will instill voter confidence across the nation and really help the states give them some feedback on, hey, here's some ideas, right? I think we all want to improve, whether you're on offense, whether you're on defense, whether you're special teams, we take a look at the entire body of the election process. And that's what I'm hoping to instill, because listen, voting is one of the most precious rights we have as Americans. And there's a lot of Americans out there are scratching their heads saying, I don't think my vote counts. And that's a really slippery slope. And that's what I've heard from my constituents on, please do something. So I think it starts with, uh, before I can give you, hey, here's what we're going to do, ABC, we have to take a step back and evaluate the process at all levels. And that's what the and that's what the bill is intained, not to make a specific recommendation as to here is what you need to do. We need to take a step back and watch the game films and say, hey, here's the areas that we need to improve on. All right. Um, fair, fair points. I remain skeptical on another D.C. commission coming up with suggestions that can't be enforced, the suggestions that have been made and recommendations uh, that have been done for years for those of us who want a secure voting system, no matter who you vote for, and considering the states would have to take action. But in fair, we have fair discussions here. Uh, let's move on to some other things uh, and the work that needs to be done in Washington, D.C. Uh, education and labor. We have a Department of Education that educates no one never has. I see it as something that maybe would remain a statistical body to collect statistics. 
But yet on education, again, a state and localized level issue, uh, the science says that our kids should be back in school. The private schools are not having daily super spreader events while down the street the public schools are closed. The arguments are different in Chicago between Lori Lightfoot and the CTU versus Los Angeles and the NTU. There's so many different arguments. Uh, what can what can the Congress actually do, if anything, about the states and getting kids back in school? So. The first thing I think we need to do, first and foremost, is we need to talk about it. And we need to get this on everybody's radar. And we need to share this information that our kids need to be back in school. So the biggest thing right now that I think I can do is, is programs like this. And I can be a voice for our children and our future and, and our constituents who are screaming, especially in my state, get the kids back in school. So that's that's number one. See, I believe that when people talk about it, and the more they talk about it, the more press they get, and the more, the more people believe that their voice is heard. So one, I, we need to correct the other half of the story, and that's what we don't do very often. Congress, I think, one of the things we can do is withhold federal funding. So get your kids back in school. This is the future. Our children and our grandchildren are the future of this America. And if we don't get them back in school, we are going to be so far behind, we are going to have a lost generation. And what I'm prepared to do But what are the chances, Representative McLean? What what are the what are the real chances if I can interrupt? What are the real chances? Federal budget year ends on September 30th. This budget year's allocations go out. They cannot be uh, brought back. They cannot be withheld. So kids need to be in school now. The fall semester comes, obviously, at September 30th. They're already back or not back in school. So any withholding goes beyond the September budget close. And we don't have regular order. We have omnibus bills. I mean, what are the real chances that withholding will actually have an effect, whereas the Democrats who are in charge continue, can continue and will continue to write bills to bail out the unions and not deal with the issue of getting kids back in school. In Chicago, they've spent over $100 million of taxpayer dollars to uh, literally physically create the environment, filtration, uh, safety equipment, training, I mean, you name it, videos, you name it, and they're still closed. So what action can come out of withholding? Well, it starts with the Democrats are in, in the majority. There's no question. But if I don't fight and people like me don't fight and start talking about withholding funds and start reaching across the aisles and start working together to get our kids back in school, I can't just lay down and let this happen. Our kids need to be back into school. And I need to let people know that, listen, if, if they don't get it, there will be long-term consequences. I, I think, no that, I think with all due respect to the congressional committees up there, they need to work with the state delegations because the legislators and the governor's office are where that battle lies. I want to get to one other thing here. 
And that is the Armed Services Committee. And we only have a couple of minutes left. But this is an important part of what's going on that is a responsibility and is something that can happen at the federal level. We have the military being told to stand down by Lloyd Wright. We have this entire back to the Eric Fanning uh, leadership within the military from the Obama-Biden years about social justice, about uh, whatever version of uh, ideology. We have the transgender rights issues. You're on Armed Services Committee. What are the Republicans in the Armed Services Committee going to do to fight for a military that focuses on ability and achievement, not ideology and gender identification? Well, the, the difference with the Armed Services Committee, different than the Education and Labor Committee that I sit on, is the Armed Services Committee is very committed to a bipartisan effort in working together for national security. But both the ranking member and the chairman, um, from what I've seen, are very committed to national security and the national issues that we have at hand. Very different than the Education and Labor Committee that are completely polarized and completely on different sides of the issues. So I am very encouraged and very inspired um, by by both parties on armed services as it pertains to national security. Well, we will see what they do, but I can tell you that the feedback coming from the military, not the congressional quarters, is a little bit different on this anecdotal, though it may be. Military survives and thrives on achievement capability. If you're a man who can't carry out the duties, then you don't belong in the military. If you're a woman who can't carry out the duties, then you don't belong in the military. But lately what we've seen is a demilitarization of the military that should be based on capability, ability, and uh, this concerns a lot of people, not just in the military, but around America. Our security is at hand. As, as, it, as it should, and it concerns me very well, too. I mean, the NDAA is one of the tools that we can use um, to make sure that we protect America and that we fund America properly to protect America. Um, and, and that, again, is probably one of the best tools that we have. Look, we are in the, the minority. There's no question. It's going to be for the next two years, it's going to be tough to get anything done. But we have got to fight. We have got to talk logically. And we cannot stop fighting for the rule of law, for our Constitution, for due process, and for what the values and the principles that we feel are right and just and that this country was built upon. And although there may, may be skepticism and a slim majority, I cannot stop fighting. Well, and that's we, appre- we appreciate that. And uh, I've got to go here as time runs out on all of us no matter who you are, congresswoman or talk show host. But uh, thank you for joining me this morning. Uh, A lot of tough questions that people need answered. And uh, I hope you'll come back and take them on. You can join me live on The David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.